you have to surrender to knowing that you're in it for the reasons of the enjoyment and that at some point you have to let go and let the chips fall where they may because the divine timing of how you reach it, it it's not your call. Watch what you say. All right. All right. Look here. We back at it again. Talks with Griff. And this time, this time, I need y'all to to tune in, sit down, grab your coffee. Because this lady, and she has her coffee. (laughs) (laughs) A big one, too. It's a huge one at Venti. This lady is... (laughs) <laughs> a really, really good friend of mine, and she's gonna give y'all the backstory of how we met. But I don't even think that I would fully be able to speak on this platform if it wasn't for the encouragement that she was giving me on a daily basis during my dark times. And then I was also there for her in her dark times as well. But out of everything that has transpired since 2019 of meeting this woman up until this point. She has always found time throughout her day, throughout her week, to shoot me a text message, to send me some kissy emojis, to send me some X's and O's, to say, keep up the good work, don't stop, pull through this. And I cannot thank her enough for continuing to be in my corner and give me a swift kick in the ass when I need it, because that's the type of woman that she is. But I'm gonna let her go on and introduce herself and we're gonna get this thing rolling. First, like my mouth hurts. I'm smiling so much. Like my teeth are starting to hurt. Either that or the coffee's getting to me. But wow, like to hear that from your perspective, I, I felt like that was me talking. And I think that's why we have such an amazing bond. And like when you click with people, you click with people because something deeper gives you an understanding. Even if like, I don't know your family. I know we've never met each other's families. We like didn't grow up in the same area. We didn't go to high school together. So there's not this like, backstory that we know there's just like the here and the now and that's something that I think that I personally struggled with because I always overthought every friendship relationship work situation reputation with this that and when you are just in the moment and that's hard for me to do that it was like so hard for me to do that especially like letting strangers in so when I when I hear what you just said I'm so flattered but I'm also feeling like that's me talking about you because I think we were both brought together through an opportunity where we were both seeking an opportunity to up-level ourselves business-wise. And like, I'm going to go on a limb and say, we were at where we were at when we met each other in this apprenticeship situation. Yes. Because it wasn't about business. I see our personal development and our growth from miles and oceans and Pawns apart that has far more importance than what the monetary growth is that we were looking for. Yes, I think you're coming yes. from a different place where monetary growth for your profession or your business or your career, even career develops. I've seen changes in both of us. 
in our messaging and stuff. I feel like we still came up from the same place of where we both needed kissy emojis, not because we're like infatuated with each other, but because love is love is a lot of I've I've learned to that to know that love means more than just like what we were brought up to believe. Like you love your husband, you love your wife, you love your mom. It's no like you seriously love people you've never met. Is there something about their soul that you resonate with? And I think we're both coming from the same place when we were searching for clarity in our business because personally we needed clarity first. Yes. You being in your darkest times, I was coming off of a high point that was masking other things that I didn't have the time to address. And then when the big thing, we'll probably talk details on this competing got out of the way the rest of it came to light as you realize all the things that you dealt with or maybe didn't deal with because you literally had one focus. And I think that's when our worlds collided. Yes. Yes. And then all of a sudden the people that brought us all together, our little tight knit group is still together. And I just feel like we all came together for a common purpose to grow our business, to find clarity in our messaging, to find our ideal plan, all these things that go along with how do you, navigate that but really deep down we were emotionally in a spot where maybe that's why we were looking to grow a business because it wasn't humming something wasn't connecting something wasn't aligning yes yes. and as we became friends and open with each other it came out and so i have the greatest level of respect for you and trust in you to share Thank you. Thank you. I, I truly appreciate that. That that was very well articulated. And that's that's just the beginning. So I know y'all are probably sitting there like, man, she went in deep, but y'all don't even know the, the foundation of just how much of the grit that we went through, especially during this time of COVID. I mean, who isn't dealing with something right now with COVID? But she, you, you really hit the nail on the head with it. And coming from somebody who hasn't even truly considered stepping into your world of what it's like to be at that level within the fitness industry, just based on all of the knowledge, all of the hands-on experience, the countless hours of training, nutrition, making sure that you get the proper sleep. Um, And then that combined with your own personal development as a woman, your mindset, preparing to step on stage again and again and again. It's just I you only hear about it and you see about the result, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, things of that nature. But truly having the opportunity to hear from somebody's perspective who lives that life on a day to day basis. It was just something that was that that just really stood out to me. You know, a lot of people tend to take it for granted. And I remember one day you um, sent me a post or something on Instagram, but it was kind of like this this uh, this quick page. I think it was from a coach of yours or one of your nutritionists, but they basically wrote out an outline of what bodybuilding is like, true bodybuilding. And just like, okay, well, if you become a super saiyan, okay, well, why are you just going to do that? Like, you, you know that you have the ability to do that. There's other levels to this. Don't just stop at that. Okay, so I, oh, I just want to get into it, but just go ahead on and introduce yourself to the people. Let the people know who this beautiful voice is on the other side of this 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 chat that we're having right now. And I'm laughing because we did we did go in quick and and fast with the pedal, put on the gas pedal, and I definitely when you said that I definitely have something I thought in my head. I'm gonna go 
to get real with that question when we answer that. But um, for your um, for your request, who I am? I'm Christina Speckos, and it's it's been about twenty, well, forty now, so more than. I'm in the 21 years. I have been saying 20 year career, but it's actually creeping up more because I think I said 20 years ago last year. But 20 years in the fitness industry, I started becoming very, very intrigued by fitness and the human body and being interested in helping myself when I was in high school. Because growing up in a Catholic school where physical fitness wasn't prioritized at all, like that we go to school in gym clothes and be like, oh, we're going to go on the computer today. Like, I, I definitely was that kid that loved Snickers and Oreos and didn't really like to work out. But then I, you know, I got to middle school around 11th grade or 11, 11 years old and public school is different. You had physical fitness standards. You had to take the presidential award. You couldn't get by because you were in private school anymore. And so I started really getting into sports, tennis, field hockey. And I was like, ooh, I'm the fat, slow kid. And I like, I get a 4.0 average. Like, I can't have this. I, I need to perform better. So I got, my mom supported me with tennis lessons and tennis camps, whatever I wanted to do. And then I was like, let me just go to the library, drop me off and leave me here. And I started researching books on tennis, how to get in shape for tennis. And my tennis coach even noticed, like, you're hitting the ball harder. Oh my gosh. Like, you're, and I was like, lifting my little weights in my basement, you know, like doing things. But people think that because I, preface a lot of introductions with where I came from as a teenager that it fueled like oh it was easy for you it was easy for you to become an athletic trainer strength coach work with NFL athletes become a pro and it's not because I'm still human and I think that's going to be the best part of this conversation because people look at us the average see that we have decent bodies that are not the average you know Joe that struggles with their weight and they think that we have it easy I was that kid that was never happy with my body and always embarrassed. And I'm going to tell you something. As long as I've been in fitness, I didn't have true congruency with the message and the lifestyle until I turned 36 and I started competing. Mm -hmm. So you have this kind of imposter syndrome, like, oh, well, how is it that like you could teach 15 fitness classes a week, but you still have a tubby butt or whatever, or belly. and it was the other habit, the other X amount of hours in the day, the week that I wasn't physically active, that were completely derailing everything. So it wasn't until I, until I took myself seriously and got scared of the consequences, knowing my family history. Because once you start getting into your 30s, you start thinking like your family history is a reality. And then, boom, I was like, I got to do something. And yes. I had to do something. And I had to commit to someone. First and foremost, it was myself. And then second, it was to a coach because she took me through the process. So mm. it, it wasn't easy. But technically, I'm a former strength and conditioning coach at the college level. I helped build a program at Purdue University, worked with women's basketball for the whole time I was there, plus women's volleyball. And I had stints with football and golf and cheerleading and soccer and tennis and basically helped run the department. So on paper, I'm, you know, a beast in the gym and in the career. But before I started competing internally, I was just like the brainiac with a whistle. Yes, I wasn't yes. living it the way I should because I was pouring into everybody else. And that was the turning point. So now I'm an online coach because I see this like an epidemic of self-loathing because we don't take care of ourselves. But then this feeling of selfishness 
because if we do take care of ourselves, we're taking away time from our husband, wife, kids, family, and we're selfish because we're in the gym and we care what we look like. And that is a common misconception. So I wanted to reach the masses and teach them like, it's not selfish. Like it's relative to the goal in your lifestyle. If you have children and you think that working out is taking away from time with your kids, work them into the equation. Yes. You know, like lifestyle truly means lifestyle. And when I say it wasn't easy for me because of the incongruency with what I was doing and what I was saying, what I was actually physically doing for myself, I've struggled with that as well. So sometimes professionals that have gone to the level that I've gotten to, we lose our way too. You know, we're totally human. Yes. Yes, man, that is, it's perfect. It's perfect simply because like you, you, you had to really transition your mindset from this isn't just about what I want to look like or feel like within the moment. You had to decide that this is something that's for the long term, for the macro. This is longevity. And most people within the fitness industry, at least based on what I've seen in, in my short time within it and everything that I see on social media, a lot of people tend to be drawn towards instant gratification you know you know they see the woman that looks a certain way they see the man that looks a certain way and they say i want to look like that and then you step on this yeah tomorrow like if i can look like that within the next 15 minutes throw in a pint of ice cream and two large pieces and we're good i'm sign me up and it's like no nah, player <laughs> it don't work like that like you a lifestyle choice means this is until the day that you close your eyes this isn't for anybody that's next to you. It's not for your family. It's not for anybody that you're going to meet on the street. You know, this is solely for you becoming the best version of yourself. And you said it as well. It's like, okay, just because you're taking that time out of your day to better yourself, to become a better woman, to become a better man, physically, mentally, and spiritually, that doesn't mean that you're taking away from your family, from your interpersonal relationships that you have with people because on the opposite side of that, you choosing to do that is you being of better service to them. It's you deciding to say, hey, because I love you so much, I'm willing to make myself better so that way we both can climb up this mountain together. This, this isn't just about me. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. But I want you to know that you also have the ability to do it too. Don't just allow yourself to wallow in the the conditioning that's been placed on you because of what some damn commercial says like no forget that it's like if you want a six-pack if you want this this b taper you can have it you can absolutely have it but you have to work for it but why are you working for it why are you getting up every day at five in the morning why are you getting up every day at four in the morning you know that that does that end goal has to to scare you at the end of the day because at least for me the way that i think about it it's like if I don't do it, who will? I don't want the family lineage to have to repeat itself again simply because I was too in my emotions to do the necessary work to become better. So that way it can be broken and we can go a different path. See what I'm saying? So it's, I, I completely resonate with that. I definitely do. A lot of people's mental space isn't the same when it comes to something that they really want versus their desires. Like, I feel like a lot of people get those two mixed up. I feel that 
people get wrapped up, I guess you could say, in one thing. And you look at anybody who's successful, there's absolutely no way they did something part-time. They went all in and they achieved it. And the speed at which you achieve something is relative to a lot of other factors. There's no guarantee that if you went all in, it's going to take you two years, four years, whatever. I know people that I competed against. One girl I actually lost to in the same, in the same show twice. She had been competing for some odd, like 15 years or 14 years or something. I competed before. That was the length of time it took me to turn pro and for her to turn pro. So to tell somebody like that, for example, if you go all in, you're going to get results in this amount of time. You know that that's relative to other things. Some things are completely within your control. Maybe with your group, maybe with your business, it's within your control to hit certain benchmarks. But with sports, with a, ju- a sport that's a judgment call, um, you know, people that you don't know who is going up against you. I mean, you can't guarantee, even like Tiger Woods can't guarantee that if he does this amount of practice, this amount of times a week, whatever, that he's going to show up on the game day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where you have to be all in all the time. And you have to be, this is the thing that I learned, this is my wisdom coming up, because I didn't see it a year ago. Well, a year ago I turned pro, but like that's when I finally clicked. You have to surrender to knowing that you're in it for the reasons of the enjoyment and that at some point you have to let go and let the chips fall where they may because the divine timing of how you reach it, it, it's not your call. It's up to a lot of other factors. It could be it could be religious factors, if that's what some people want to believe. It could be the universe. It could be just the fact that, you know, your competition was off. But the key is this, whether it's your business, whether it's a sporting event, bodybuilding, or tennis, or whatever it is that you do. do you, I said this to myself. When I was angry that I, I lost to that girl who had been competing for 14 years, I was like, you shouldn't be. I mean, imagine if she lost, she'd be even more pissed because she put in more time than you. But I didn't really want to win at that show. I had my sights set on a specific show, and that's the show that I turned pro at the next year. And for me, it meant more. So it's the, the why again. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this to go up against the best of the best and know that you brought your best against the best of the best and that day your best was good enough? Or did you bring your best to a lame-ass place where it would have been a landslide? And that's the thing that personal standard of your why becomes super important. In business, maybe it's a strategy move. Are you going to be the best house on a crappy block? Are you going to be the best business in a in a in a lacking area? I mean, that's that's a different kind of choice. That's a strategic choice. When it comes to personal integrity with relationships, fitness, I want to be the best and I want to win against the best. You're not gonna you're not gonna be a boxer and step into the ring, be like, yeah, I'll take the little guy, knowing you're the size of Mike Tyson. Like there's no competition. <laughs> Yes, yes. Competition is getting over your own mindset of why you're doing it. And is is it a means to an end? Because I'll tell you exactly what happened. Turn pro. I get the email from my coach. Congratulations. You know, when we we square up at the end of the weekend and like get the plan moving forward from there. And it's nice to see your name. I have to be pro in the email. It's in print. And then there's like, well, well, now what? 
And a lot of people that are one and done like that, they never step on stage again because it's not in their blood. Or same thing with, you know, maybe it's another sport or maybe it's another venture where you're like, well, just, just wait till I get this. And then they get this. And then it's like, well, now what? I have it. So it could be for relationships. You talk a lot to guys on your Instagram about the way they view women. If a woman is a conquest and you get her, well, now what? Your job just started, buddy. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> so it's the same thing. And I looked at a, a parallel with my sports life and I'm like, oh girl, your work just began. You made it to the big league. Then, then what? Should it, should that be enough? Yes. Should I want to be better at this? Should I want to, you know, and, and taking a year off has really helped me to focus on that because other things do take a backseat if you don't have a way to manage it. And it's the same thing. I actually had the same exact thing happen with a relationship. I had a boyfriend once that was a pro athlete at one time. And he met me years after he finished playing pro football. And his whole life he was grinding, 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 proving people wrong, achieving, and then won a Super Bowl. And that's the epitome. You won a Super Bowl. Now what? You go out on a high note or you finish shitty because now in pursuit of the next one, things didn't go your way. Well, there was a lot of sacrifice there. Relationships, you know, always being tunnel vision. So you have a Super Bowl ring, but you don't have a relationship. Then here comes me. Making up for lost time. I mean, I had a hundred roses on my desk at work at any given moment because I was the sole focus. And I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this. This dude likes me a lot. But when the pendulum goes like this, so this was the Super Bowl. I mean, there's me. Everything was about me because you didn't have any of that over here. Because there was... It's the same thing with bodybuilding. It's the same thing with grinding in your business. You have to have a plan to incorporate other things in your life because then when it wasn't me, let me deal with the stuff I didn't deal with when it was all about you. And then there was no me. There was no us. Yes. So now he is a very, I wouldn't go on one and say he's very successful. He got married. He has another career now um, and moved away from some of the turmoil that he had had, you know, just for being in the grind all the time. So I'm going I'm to go ahead and say I, I look at him as a successful being now, but it looks like he's successful because he's on better balance. Yes. And I believe a lot of that is divine timing or just the way you handle life. Because yes. it was overwhelming for me, and I'm not a very bougie person to feel like I need all of these things, but I got a lot of things. I got tripped, I got whatever, and I'm like, Okay, this is nice, but I just want you like to be connected, like on a phone call. I want you to be connected, like when you're in front of me. I want you in front of me more. I don't need a BMW car payments worth of flowers on my desk every six weeks. So it was interesting, and I, it's a long-winded way to basically say, like, and then what? Yes. And all in on one thing and it becomes the prize and you got the prize now what you got to work twice as hard to keep it yes yes that, that no matter what it is it's your athleticism your fitness your relationship you have to work twice as hard to keep it it's the responsibility aspect that comes with it you know i, I remember 
when I was watch, I remember the day of your show. You you put it in a group. You're like, guys, I'm going on at this time. Get ready. Be looking out for me. And I was like, all up in my phone, like waiting. Like, like, she there? Huh? Did you see like a live feed or something? No. So how it was on Instagram is that they would post the um, what do you call it? Not the vouch category. The, the, exactly. They would post that, but you told us what your category was. And okay. I guess once it was done, they would take the picture of the winners and post them up. And I remember that exact moment when everybody was like, well, did she do it? Did she do it? Did she do it? And when I saw it, I was like, look, she did it. <laughs> she, she did it. I was waiting. I was like, man, this is it. Because I, I, I think you... I think you either went live or you made a quick story like, hey, guys, I'm getting ready to go on. This is it. You know, I've been working my butt off for this. This is the time. And I honestly wasn't worried. You know, our good friend, Ray Mel, he was, um, he's like, what do we, why are we worried? Like, it's going to be 10 minutes from now. She's going to be like, boom, I got the stamp on it. And you did. And it was, it's, it's interesting because after you got it, you know, you were up there, you were riding your horse, you know, it's, you know, the glitz, the glam, and then you like sat down and you were like, something's missing. Like, like something's not right. Like I, I've been working, got here, you know, tears, blood, I'm here, but it's not, what, what's that thing? What is that thing? And it, it goes back to that, that balance aspect that you spoke of, because I remember after you had got it, that's one of the times where that we were most in communication during that time. You were like, I, I'm here now. I don't know if I want to take a break. I kind of want to take a break because my body is like shot, but I'm here now. So I feel like I got to kick myself in the butt to be like, okay, well, when's the next one? When's the next one? When's the next one? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember telling you like, it, it's okay to revel within that and allow yourself to breathe during that time what other things do you want to do aside from that? What aspects of, of yourself do you feel there is no way that I'll be able to conceptualize everything that you were going through at that point in time, just based on the amount of work you put in alone. There's no way that I'll be able to know it unless I absolutely go through it myself. So just being on the other end of it, I ensured my best to be your support system. I didn't want you to feel like I'm done fighting. It's like, nah, you're one of the strongest women that I know. Of course, you're going to pick that sword and shield back up and go back out there. But, you know, maybe it's time to sharpen it a little bit. And in that sharpening process, you start to find out some things about yourself. And you did. You know, you definitely, right. You went back to your marble statue and, and you see yourself, you're like, okay, she looks good. You know, you know, she's got this stamp, but let me chip this away a little bit. And like, oh, I find this. Okay, well, let me chip this away a little bit. Ooh, I need to look at that a little bit more. Something's going on with that. So like, what, what was that process like for you after you stepped off the stage, the highlight or one of the highlights of your career and you just decided to say, I just need to kick my feet up. Like, what was that like for you? So this is the actual process because it was just last November. So we're coming up on a year. Um, anniversary, and I'm so bummed that this show actually moved from Miami to Orlando this year because I was going to go, I have friends competing in it, and I had to drive four hours now instead of seven minutes. Um, but I just, I, I think back over the last year, and around March was the pivot point. I don't know if we talked in depth about this then because that's when my emotions were highest, but right after the show, everybody goes through this. They're so amped for more. And it's kind of like in your business too. Like when you get that milestone, whether it's clients or contracts or 
open your doors or whatever it is where it feels like you're on a high. You just want to keep going because you want to ride that wave of momentum. But the difference with competing, well, it may not even be a difference, but energy resources for energy resources, no matter what you're spending on. But the situation with me with competing was it was four years of like this with my body and they were hard learned. When I say this, I mean weight fluctuations. Yeah, you're supposed to gain a little bit of weight in the off season, but it takes a very, very, very strong person to stay on diet in the off season. But the problem becomes when you're so stringent because you're in pursuit of a competition, there is no wiggle room because the second you let a little bit of enjoyment in, then you just want more of that. So then you go that route. So what ended up happening this year, if I have full transparency, was that I said, oh, no, I have opportunities. I have opportunities. I'm, I have friends that are photographers that are that have told me, like, I shoot for Vogue or this or that. And, like, I've got, you know, um, fitness people that are going to want, like, things. He's like, just stay in shape. Just stay in shape. And I, and I could get you paid opportunities or, you know, do, ooh, or do this or do that. And it's like you want to stay in it because you want that, that Greek goddess of a body. But on the inside, you're like, I just want a pizza, <laughs> which goes against everything, you know, we teach fitness wise because there is no balance, but this is a specific event. It's like a wrestler, like a boxer, like a jujitsu, martial arts, whatever. You have a specific plan of attack for a specific thing. And then you retreat, you get help, you go back. Boxers get knocked in the face. They get their surgery or whatever it is. They heal, they go back. Like you have to take that time if you want a longstanding career. So I think I took, you know, I always take like a week or two off after a show and just like uh, eat and sleep and do like nothing or light workouts, just move the body because you're just so tired and inflamed. And the goal is to get the inflammation up. Well, this year I was doing okay. I think I had my, my dream off season body around March and COVID happened. Can't go with this story without talking about COVID. So the second they decided to close the gyms down, I was like, it was like March 17th or something here. And I was like, oh, hell no. Because I was like coming off of a season where I was looking at shows that were already on a regular schedule. I was planning my attack for this year. And I was like, I can't have any setbacks because it's in June. Well, June got pushed back to, you know, all the shows got pushed back anyway. So I would have just stayed the course fine. I probably would have been okay. But the shift from working out in a gym, low impact, certain types of training to running every day. I don't run. I don't run. Running every day to band work at home. I bought this climber thing thinking I, I can't do running anymore because I went six days a week. I got to trying to figure out how I'm going to make this happen. It was just too much. My body was inflamed. Everything was worse than the healing process was supposed to bring out. And so I, I fought the thought of, oh, you're such a quitter, you're such a quitter. And I'm like, well, you have to put this aside. So I think my darkest moment this year was thinking I'm a quitter for doing what you said, which was focus on other things that are important. And it took, I even cried on the phone to some people that didn't know me that well. We got on the phone just to catch up because it was COVID. We had nothing else to do. We were quarantined. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I need to call this person and apologize for being the waterworks because it's just a change in your life and what you identify with. So I said, you know what? You could either take the easy route and blame COVID 
or you could say, no, this was planned, but either way it had to happen. <laughs> so I could blame COVID and feel better about myself that I didn't make the decision or that COVID forced me to make this decision. But at the end of the day, even though I said this back in April, COVID was the best thing to happen for a lot of us. Initially, it was traumatic, devastating. People want to cry all the time. They lost their job. But I, I actually had a Facebook post that addressed something like this. And somebody unfriended me and caused a big stink because she thought that I was a narcissistic a-hole for saying something about money's the easiest thing to make. Why are you, why are you putting your health on hold? And maybe for some people, it was incentive. One person had a problem because she wasn't resourceful. The rest of us tried to figure out how are we going to make ourselves thrive during a time when the world is shut down. And I'm speaking specifically to finances because people are waiting for someone to hand them a job back that probably won't be there. The rest of us innovated and pivoted. And I, you know, I can't. I, I, I had. A, you know, this is the real me. You know, really being real transparent. I couldn't. I couldn't feel bad for somebody who thinks that they're the victim. Because at some point, you can't be the victim. You can't be the victim with your health and fitness. You can't be the victim with your family history. You have to take control. You have to take control of your business. You have to maybe create a business when your job is no longer available. Because you're waiting for someone else to give you a choice. No, create your own choices. I had a choice to go back to one of my jobs. And I said, no, I'm going to do other things. I have this lined up. Oh, good for you. They didn't care because they're all trying to figure out how to financially make it work. Anyway, if I didn't come back, it was less they had to pay somebody. Think about it. So you create your own way. So I looked at COVID not just as a chance to innovate with time to rest, but also to heal my body. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Business and health-wise, I think there was some healing. For everybody involved, for everyone. Like, uh, a lot of people would ask me, like, hey, man, how, how are you getting your training? And, you know, Griff, what it is that you're doing? And I'm like, bro, I'm doing exactly what I was doing when I first started. It's just me and gravity. Like, there is no, okay, you know, the gym shut down, that's cool and all, but that that doesn't, ex- like, one of, one of our coaches would say, that doesn't exonerate you from greatness. <laughs> it doesn't exonerate you from slaying that dragon's head off it's like what are you going to do in that off time and i feel like covid definitely forced a lot of people to sit with themselves and look at the parts of themselves that they've been just distracting themselves from throughout maybe their entire lives it's like now you don't you're inside the house all day you know you may have your phone with you but after a while you're like okay i'm tired of looking at my phone and you just sit there, you know, and some, some of those people just really had to, at least from my perspective, because I don't know, but I can imagine they're like, I have to look at this. I don't know if I'm ready to look at this, but this is something that I need to look at. And, and, and you're forced to. It's not like no, nobody. It's not like you willingly said, I'm going to go and do this difficult work. It's like, no, nah, OK, since everybody wants to be distracted, everybody wants to make excuses. I'm going to just shut the world down. And when you come out of this cocoon, you're either going to be different or you won't be different. And it's the, the healing definitely was centered more of the mental and spiritual aspect of things and also body, too. I think a lot of people, you know, tended to a lot of yoga, a lot of holistic and alternative ways of just finding something to do to keep themselves busy, something that they that that made them happy in a long haul. But after a while, it's like no matter what you do 
you still got to look at that healing. You still are forced to look at the things that, you know, that affected you when you were in high school, that affected you when you were in middle school, and that are even still affecting us as as young adults today or young children, whatever you want to call us nowadays, because we're all still figuring it out. But we, it, it was, it was an interesting time because once you get past that hump of, and I remember Ray Mel and you would always say this, y'all would always say, get out of your own way, get out of your own way. And then you'd be like, Dorian, what the hell does that mean? What, what am I doing? <laughs> How am I in my own way? And then when you take the time to breathe and you really look at ways that you've been like banging your head up against this concrete wall, you're like, oh my goodness, are you serious right now? Like, this is all I had to do? <laughs> this was the way around to my perceived happiness and, and, and ease so, so that way I can do things effortlessly and not worry about resistance. After a while, the things that no longer serve us just started to fall away. And just day after day, we kind of just started walking within our own happiness and serving people just as much as we wanted to do. And I noticed that within the way that you started posting, within how you started delivering your message to people, and just based on how you were being you and you were more open to sharing your experiences with people. Like, look, just because I'm a coach, it doesn't mean that I'm out here, you know, a perfect person. I'm still human at the end of the day. It sucks, but I'm still willing to do it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that it sucks, but I'm also tell you that there's still work that needs to be done at the end of the day. And are you going to come and do it or not? Point blank and period. And that's something that I've always admired about you since meeting you is that you are not afraid of the hard work. You're not afraid of the grit, man or woman. Your mentality is so strong to the aspect of ensuring that emotions are going to be there. There's going to be some things that you have to deal with. But if you want to carve out this axe, if you want to win a Super Bowl championship, if you want to you know, be an MVP within the NBA Finals, there's going to be some things that you have to overcome. It's not going to be easy. And one day after another, you just stride your way through it. And I, I still, to this day, truly, truly look at you as somebody that is a coach of mine, a mentor of mine, just based on not even your time, but the experience that I've shared with you and the experience of you being within the fitness industry and how that's affected you from high school, college, all the way up until this point in your life. So I'm, I'm really grateful that we had the opportunity to meet because there were some days, man, I was like, I don't, no, man, I, I'm not with this, man, because I don't really know what's happening. Then you'd be like, you're talking to somebody who's been in the game for 20 years. You're telling me you're ready to give up. <laughs> you're telling me you're ready to, to, to kick the bucket. Nah, player. <laughs> I'm not about to let that happen. <laughs> but yes. I'm happy to hear that because I'm sitting here laughing and I'm about to ask you, how many conversations do you think we've had like this on phone? at random hours, we're like, I'm basically damn near in tears. And that's the funny part because even, even the mentors, I've had mentors for 20 years. So one of my main mentors is 10 years, no, 15 years older than me. So he's been in the game for 15 years longer than me. And I've seen him side by side me when we've worked together, be in some dark times too, because he's going through his emotions of whether it's when you get fired from a job because that's the way the if it crumbles in the administration or you have a deal that you lost or whatever the case is. And 
I guess the point is like the mentor isn't always going to be perfect either because you learn from their struggles. So I sit here laughing thinking, oh my God, how many times did I cry to you about being, not being good enough or whatever nonsense story I was telling myself. And I had to think back, well, wait, I had mentors that were transparent with me that let me see the side of them that like, if I was judgmental, I would have been like, well, you're supposed to be the rock, the, you know, rock or whatever. And like, no, everybody's human and you learn from the human experience. It's just some of us are further along in the journey than others. It doesn't mean we're any less human. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect. Maybe to an intern who's 18 years old, they think I have it all together. And maybe I don't show them certain things that I would show you or that my mentor would show me. But at the end of the day, when you see that, you appreciate that you're really getting the authentic experience of what you're trying to get into and what you're trying to learn. When so, and I and I will say this completely transparently, and I do know that I've I've been slowly opening up to things that I've been hurting with, and the story will come out. This is going to be the closest I get to to say something as specific about it. But I remember having a mentor that I paid a lot of money to mentor me. A lot of money. Like some people, it's like their yearly salary. And the picture was painted as perfect. Oh, it's this easy. Do this from your smartphone. Do that. We got systems and processes in place. You don't don't even have to see it get done. And every post is perfect. There's nothing authentic with the struggle shown. And in hindsight, now a year and a half later, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I paid you a lot of money to sell me some bullshit. And now I'm out, not just a lot of money, but I learned that the people that are authentic, that are gonna show, Dude, I had a bad day. I'm a fitness influencer, but I just had ice cream and pizza and I didn't give a shit and I didn't stop until I was six slices in. Showed, well, you can teach from that. Oh, well, I did it because, and then, oh, wow. So if I struggle with that because, somebody else is going to have that same because, so I can help you get over that because. But if you show me how perfect you are, me and a millionaire smoking a stogie with an ugly ass little hat on, on a yacht, that you probably rented for the purposes of a picture, I find that fitness is a lot like that. You get duped by things because you see the perfection and you think the perfection is easy. The people that don't show the struggle, those are the ones you need to be suspect of. I show videos of myself in this body. Do I post competition pictures sometimes? Do I post photo shoots when I look better than this? Yeah. But do you see what I look like right now? It's not always doctored up and perfect. And I think that's why the clients that I have love me for me. And I, and I, I don't know how we sort of kind of like got on that, I guess, because you called me a mentor. But I think I was laughing and I went on up the tangent because I'm laughing because I cried like to you about things. How many times have we been on the phone in this pandemic where I just didn't know what the hell was going on? We have to have those breakdown moments. Yes, yes. Because you learned from me even though I wasn't trying to like teach you anything specifically in the moment, you can come to me and be like, Sheena, I want you to teach me about Russian block periodization or whatever. And fine. I can teach you about that. But like, that's not really what teaches us about the profession, strength and conditioning. Those are the details. 
of the book knowledge, but the struggle with clients and working around clients' problems and how do you troubleshoot this with a running mechanics that look like this or whatever. Like those are the things that you talk about in a forum or you share your frustration. Like I got this one client and I just can't seem to get this accomplished. If those moments, like if I was perfect, every time I went to, to, to speak at a conference, I laughed because I would present a program. A year, I remember this like clear as day. I presented at the National Strength and Conditioning Association on nationally, like a big conference year-long annual programming for collegiate women's basketball. And it was like the best presentation people had ever heard. Like people told me that afterwards. Oh my, and, and to even say something like, I've never heard a woman speak that way, especially when it came to strength numbers and speed, barbell speeds and all these things that was like my wheelhouse. And then they all wanted my slides and my program because I put my program like month by month in the slides and they all wanted a copy of the slides. And I'm like, you can have it, but you can't do it the way I did it because you don't have the same people. Like you really have to learn the struggle to arrive at this perfect picture that I'm presenting to you on stage in my white suit jacket. But I didn't tell you about the altercations I've had with this, 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 and this, and how I get buy-in and how I had to overcome people not believing it's going to work and then it works and then now you get the finished product. The same thing with social media. When people are posting their dating, when people are posting their fitness, it's like, you know, mentors aren't perfect. And be wary. I guess the take-home point is be wary when someone's perfect. If you called me and every time I told you how great I was, would you not be like, this girl's boring? I'm not learning shit. <laughs> Dry as hell. Life <laughs> is perfect. Live in Miami with my Starbucks or even Please. Man, I'm crying. I'm not good enough. <laughs> that it was it was really shocking for me within that moment, honestly, because most Second people guess if you wanted to know me anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> who is this chick? Not who I thought she was. Get off my. It phone. was nah, nah. It wasn't anything like that because even though. I just have this ability to be able to see people for who they truly are straight to their core. And even though I've never physically been in your presence or within your aura, just us being and talking now and then hopping on calls before, I could see that. Yeah, you know, she she's holding her sword and shield. She definitely is. But behind closed doors, I bet you she like, you know, she's like makes you like this nice, this nice concoction of, of, of cure something that can just heal you at the end of the day she may not show that all the time but that's definitely something that's within her and within that moment you called me and you didn't say a I mean, word you were thinking like, about it before i called <laughs> you didn't say a word for like three minutes and i could just i just felt it just the silence the the, the pain within it and i was like oh my goodness she she's really going through it but even so, I was like, she chose, she felt safe enough to come to me with her issues. This woman who I see who is, quote unquote, way further along within the game than I am. I'm just a little grasshopper trying to, you know, make my way on up. And then this woman who I perceive at the top, she looks down and she says, I need help. I need assistance. I'm hurting right now. I don't know 
where I'm going within my career at this point in time. And that was a, a really intense turning point for me because I had to really take my ego out the equation and be like, it's not about the materialistic aspect of what you get from helping somebody achieve their goals. It has nothing to do with that, but it has everything to do with that thank you or that hug that you get from that person or just being within their presence and sharing a smile with them and, and, and knowing that through the ups and downs, you were here for me. You, you never gave up on me. You, you never allowed me to quit. You never allowed me to, to stop when I wanted to get my six pack. You never allowed me to stop when I was trying to launch my um, um, real estate business or whatever it may be. You never allowed me to stop. So I, I, I'm, tell, I'm telling it to you now because I didn't have the opportunity to do it then. But, but thank you for being transparent within that moment and feeling safe enough to come and be like, hey, I'm struggling right now and, and I just need you to listen. I just need to, uh, I just need some advice. I, I need some guidance. And the only thing that I remember I told you at that point in time was that use this time to let it out. Use this time to heal. Use this time to to, to cry eyes out. Who, who cares if you down uh, half a bottle of wine? Okay. <laughs> let, let them judge all they want. Like they're not here within this moment, but then you're not feeling exactly what it is that you're feeling. So you are entitled to that. You're entitled to allowing your emotions to run their course that way you can learn from them and get up and go do whatever it is that you need to do better the next day. You know, it's called the Justice League for a reason. Like Batman needs Superman, the Flash needs Wonder Woman. Like, like it, it, it's a team of like-minded individuals who specialize in their own things and they come together as a unity or as a union <laughs> so that way they can just get to the common goal. <laughs> and I'm happy that I was able to be there for you. I'm happy that I was able to to give you exactly what you needed or just be there with you to cry with you on the phone and say, hey, look, I get it. I may not be able to understand it to the magnitude of where you're at with it, but just by us being in this moment and sharing this space with one another, I feel that. And it was um, it was about a while until after that happened. And then I remember things just shifted for you. It was like night and day almost. You're like, I'm... I'm feeling down. No, I don't feel like I've been being you know, a good daughter. Da, 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 da. And then I was like, you good, Christina. It's, it's okay. Two, three weeks later, like, I'm on top of the world, baby. I feel good. <laughs> I'm going to have these Oreos. I might have a donut or two. I might go out on the town. And that's okay. I'm going to just chill right now because it's not time for me to be on stage right now. It's not time for me to go back out there and, and get on the battlefield. It's time for you to recuperate. You know, I, I know you may not be big into to anime or anything like that, but within Dragon Ball Z, anytime they're not fighting or saving the universe or the world, they're within this thing that's called the, um, not a hyperbolic time chamber. It's basically like cryotherapy. They put them in this tank, they give them an oxygen mask, and I'm pretty sure it's cold water, and they just float in it for like three to six months. They don't do anything. They just floating and, and that entire process is healing their body. I you get into anime. <laughs> it's, just, it's, a, it's I don't know. It's all relative, but they they heal basically. They they heal so that way they can prepare themselves for the next villain that's going to come up against them. And you're doing that right now, and there is no doubt in my mind because I see the way your body is changing now versus how it was then when you stepped on stage and, 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 and collected that, that trophy head. 
the way your body is at now, how strong it is now, when you decide to say, okay, I'm going to step back out the shadows, they are not ready. <laughs> they I had they, that moment today, actually. Really? I, I just decided that, uh, like, over the last, so March, I was starting to get worried. Did about six weeks of the band thing and the running thing, and I got hella sore. And then I had six weeks of absolutely nothing but eating peanut butter. And then I like by the time May hit, I was like, ah. So then June comes around, the gym's open again. I'm like, and then I'm like, oh god, I feel like sludge. This is terrible. I'm a big loser. Whatever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I've been cleaning it up because because we all have this thing, whether you're a professional athlete or not. We have this thing where I think in terms of efficiency, right? Like, oh, if I didn't just eat all of that crap for the last ten years, I'd have a six pack already. But during the time of the ten years, like it's not in the moment like what you wanted to do. So you have to give yourself grace for not being where you yes. think you could have if because you're right where you need to be for a reason. Yes. But yes. I had that moment last night. I was like, you know what? I did a lot of times in the past, the same thing normal people do. And when I say normal people, I mean the person who isn't a pro athlete. And you think, oh, just one more bag of chocolate and I'll start tomorrow. Let me go out with a bag tonight. Do you know what? Last night I get, there we go again, being honest, get a coupon from Grubhub saying $5 off takeout. I ended up getting a vegetarian burger. And I am the biggest meat eater. But I was like, you know what? I like this place. It's right around the corner. It's going to take 15 minutes to prepare. It's a veggie burger. I'm going to get it. And then I got it cheap because I had my coupon. Anyway. I was like, well, I should go to the store and get some chocolate. Or why don't you do this? And I was like, you know what? No. And I called. I texted my friend. And, I, and she opened the gym at 5. What time do you wake up? She's like, 3.34. I'm like, setting my alarm. Going to bed early. Call me. Calls me at four. I get up. I'm well rested because I forced myself to go to bed. Take the dog out. It's perfect weather. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good day. Get on the Stairmaster at 5.15. I do my cardio. I start lifting. I have a decent leg day. I'm probably going to go back later to finish some things. I taught a class. I had some clients. Came back. We're doing this. And I said, you know what? I texted my friend. A friend that I've been whining to. And he feels like that. I'm back. <laughs> and she's like, yes, because all of my friends that are in the game, they're like, you're either going to do it or you're not. Like, it's pretty cut and dry. And we talk to each other like that because we know how mentally tough you have to be to do what we do. You've got to do it when you don't feel like it. It's a non-negotiable. The normal person can go and say, I'm skipping cardio, but they don't have a deadline. They don't have an expectation. And if their journey takes longer, it doesn't matter. They just say, I'm going to live a little today and I'm going to sleep in. It's when that becomes a habit that it becomes a problem. And for me, it became a habit that I was like, who are you? Looked in the mirror, like, who are you? So today I'm like, I'm back. I'm going to be at the gym at 5.01 every day from here on out. But just last week, I was struggling to wake up. And I guess the point is, I made a choice. I was like, you know what? You know, but you have to be ready to make that choice. And months ago, I wasn't in a mental state. So I think the COVID thing and a lot of things that we've all been experiencing, we have to be in a right mental state to get to where we want to get to 
because like you and I, we coach, not everybody can handle us. And that's not me pumping us up. That's because they're not ready. And I, I'll tell you, I have the best of the best. I have the access to the best of the best. Olympians that have won shows and, you know, people that have won plenty of pro shows and sponsored athletes and photographers and pros. And I've been, you know, I'm on the NFL sidelines. Like I do a lot of stuff with high level people. I stay next to Dan Marino at the Dolphins games all last season. Like I have access to anything that I need. But I still said, you're not ready. I didn't hire a coach for my off season because I knew I wasn't going to do it. And that's the thing that where I learned about my business through my own athletic endeavors is that I'm living the life that I get frustrated with when people don't want to invest in coaching. But the number one thing is that they're not ready or they're fearful and you cannot get somebody to do something until they're ready and willing. And I think as this parlays into business, it's us realizing our ideal client is ready. They may not do everything perfect, but they're doing it. You can't get blood out of a stone. You can't make someone charge their credit card to work with you if they're no, if they know deep down inside they're just still hold themselves back. But you can tell the person who just needs you to give them the little push. And now I have clients like that. They they were so nervous, but they kept coming back to me before they signed up because they knew they wanted to. It's just the initial trying was scary. That was my today. It's literally hot off the press. That was my today. You got up once. You got up at four. Do it again tomorrow. Yes. But I'm in a mindset to say, oh my God, it felt so good today. I want to do it again tomorrow. Last week, I didn't want to. I didn't want to wake up before seven. And then I still wanted to hit the snooze. And someday they did. And this is coming from someone who's a pro athlete, 20 plus year strength coach. That, that switch I, I talk about it I tell people it's like only you can flip that switch for you being someone who has already flipped the switch on and off you know what it takes you know what type of of of, of mood that you're going to be in after you flip the switch it's like now you can you think completely different it's like it's game time now it's like you know I'm not on the bench anymore it's not the off season it's like okay I'm on what's the end goal I see it I know what I have to do to get to it it's done that's it there's no more questions about it. And yeah. that, that's one thing that I even advocate for men and women when it comes to with anything that you're doing, whether it be fitness, you, you're trying to get into personal development, anything that you're doing, unless you're ready, unless you decide to say, I'm going to turn the switch on, the switch is going to be off until you make that continuity, until you say, okay, let's make this happen. Because, and you say this all the time, you don't need a gym partner. You just think you want somebody there to hold you accountable for the days when you don't feel like doing it, but you're not going to always have access to that. So on the days that you don't feel like doing it, on the days that you wake up, it's four o'clock in the morning and you got to get outside and, and go for a jog when you see that it's raining. And you're like, oh, it's, it's cold. It's wet. I don't want to. I want to get back in my bed. Like, what do you do? Like, those moments are the critical moments that 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 shape the people who are great versus the people that who, who aren't great. And I firmly believe just as well as you do, greatness is within everybody, but it's a choice. That's because, well, I was thinking about you and how you gave me a great compliment by saying that 
the next time I'm on stage, you know, like when I'm ready, I'm going to be ready, ready. And it's, it's going to be like no competition, lights out. And I think when your mind is in that place, you may not place the way you want, especially in a bodybuilding competition, but you will go into it knowing that you left no stone unturned. And I knew in hindsight now, this year, I couldn't compete at that level mentally and physically. I was just stressed. down. So I appreciate your confidence in me when you said that. And that's when I really started like smiling and thinking like, okay, there's something to be said for those that have confidence in you. But nine times out of 10, the reason why we hold ourselves back is because we don't see what other people are seeing, whether it's because we can't see it or we are focused on something else. I was focused on, oh my God, I'm like dying to grow my business or, oh my God, my body hurts or, oh my God, everybody else looks better than me or, oh my God, I just want almond butter or whatever the heck was clouding the judgment of, of who I really was. And then what ended up happening, and you know, like this part, what ended up happening was I was like, who the hell am I? How, like you said earlier, how could I be on top of the world? achievement success and then be like yeah. and then that's why today was the one day i needed to be in the mood to do it to turn the ball going the other direction today yeah. i did cardio at five o'clock in the morning i haven't done that since because covid made me sleep in no i made me sleep in i could have still gotten up and ran outside or done burpees in the living room at five. Well, the neighbors probably wouldn't like that, but you know what I'm saying like I could have still kept my routine. How many people like COVID changed their lives? And then I made the excuse, well, I, you know, I just, I needed to recover, which for me, it was true. I did need to recover. But at the end of the day, for the people that want to blame COVID, There's a point in time where you just take responsibility and that was my day today. This I was like, oh, I got I to put this call with you today because this is going to be really fresh on the heels of me actually feeling like I'm back in the set. So I appreciate that confidence because now I know that despite the fact that my friends are supposed to say nice things, I actually believe it for myself. Yeah. Next year, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of people need that. I mean, if there's anything that I could you know, give a shameless plug for what we do is that that's what coaches do. They allow you to see that in other people and point that out. Because we can't see what other people can see when you're so deep in the darkest, you know, trenches of your emotions. Will Smith is one, like, out of all the mentors, one day I will meet this man. I will. I don't know when, but I will. And I just want to say thank you. Even if it's just for three seconds, I just want to say thank you because he's somebody who I've always seen has been pretty consistent within his career as a man and just within his spirituality. Obviously, I don't know the man, but he's somebody who a lot of people trust and look up to. He's always said that the five people that are closest to you yeah. are a representation of you. And everybody has paraphrased that in their own way, but that's something that I that I hold true to my heart. A lot of people speak of inner circles, men's circles, women's circles, 
who is really in that circle? Who's in that circle that's better than you, that's also pushing you to become better than them? Who's in that circle that, that, that is able to point out your weaknesses where you're allowing yourself to, to belittle yourself and say, no, you're going to stop doing that right now because we don't do that within the circle. We go for hours, point blank and period. And that friends aren't necessarily supposed to tell you that you're good because if they're just telling you what they're just telling you, like you, you won't actually really feel it. But if they, they see bring out exactly they they you they they feel your presence they feel your pain they're able to meet you where you're at on your emotional journey and say hey look i was there where you were at let's do this together let's lift each other up because these are the things that i see in you and it's difficult because you're inside the cage you may not be able to see it at this point in time but i'm telling you i see it i'm doing those times of, of doubt of sadness hey you good keep up the good work Smack on the butt, keep going, get back out there on the court. Small little things like that, small wins, small acts of unconditional love from the people around us are the things that keep us alive. They're the things that keep us pushing for whatever it is that we want. And I just think that that's not something that we have enough in today's world. But recently, you know, 2019 and COVID, a lot of people have been finding themselves getting in communion with people that are like-minded individuals that are transparent enough within themselves to say, hey, look, this is where I'm at. I'm struggling. This is where I'm at. I'm also struggling. I don't judge myself. What can we do to help each other get to where that we want to be at? And that's so important because when you feel like you're doing it alone, it's like, of course, you know, you're not going to be willing to tell anybody that you cry at 3.30 in the morning on the phone with a friend based on something that you were doing because your pride is too strong that the person's like, no, nobody can know this. I just stepped on stage. I'm the greatest that ever was. It's like, just, just, just chill out. <laughs> just, just take a breath. You'll be cool. But it's, yeah. And then, again, you just sent me a message on Instagram. I want to say maybe it was two days ago. And... A message as simple as that, based on me, I'm as stubborn as they come. I always get in my own way. I'm always doubtful, but in these recent days, I haven't been. And a message like that from somebody who I know is that truly cares is able to see past all of the weeds. You just see straight to the core and you say, I see the man that you're becoming because I know where you've been. I know the struggles that you've been going through. And I just want to let you know that you are amazing. Don't stop. And it's that energy is reciprocated because at the end of the day, it's unconditional love. And we we both appreciate that. And we always have appreciated that on our journey of knowing each other and being good friends with one another. It's crazy because wow, there's so much goodness in all of this. There's so much goodness in this podcast. I hope everybody continues to listen all the way through the end <laughs> because we're really it's a story that hits home for both of us but i'm sure that without knowing the details um you know an outsider could get bored or they could really resonate with what we're saying and realize like wow like i need to be more open and vulnerable to allow someone to help me understand how i could be great again because that's all I wanted this morning. I wanted to be great again. But I was like stuck and no one could have told me otherwise until I was ready. But along the way, all of those notes that were votes of confidence and 
you know, points where people were nudging me, it added up. And when you give yourself your own note, your own checkbox checked off by yourself, knowing that there's other people behind you, not that you need them, but you're actually leading the way yourself. It's just the greatest feeling. It's the greatest feeling. It helps to have people that care. Mm-hmm. It helps us to point out angles that you don't see. But at the end of the day, what you think about yourself matters. Am I where I want to be yet? No. Because, you know, it's only one day of being like, lack of a better word, perfect on diet and with my sleeping and waking time. But other than that, like, it's a damn good start. And I think we're all looking for that pursuit of progress. Mm-hmm. And progress now, because I took the emotion out of it, progress is going to be tenfold steps forward because I allowed myself to take that time to step back. I looked at those I looked at those six weeks that I did nothing but sleep and eat as oh my god, you're the worst pro athlete ever. What are you doing? Something happened that was supposed to happen. Because now I feel great. Now I'm motivated. Now my mojo is back. Later will show the mental growth that occurs. See, a lot of people in our in our profession or the clients that are attracted to us or people that are fitness enthusiasts, they only see the outside. Very few acknowledge the mental growth that comes with change and adaptation. I have some clients that have been through some pretty hefty crap. So you have to have a little bit of grace. Like, yeah, am I disappointed if they don't lose weight, you know, initially? You always want that miracle person that's going to be like, oh my God. I decreased inflammation, lost water weight, and I have a couple inches off in two weeks. It's not realistic. But when you look at the things that people go through, an upper-level person is going to support getting to a happier place stress-wise, environmentally, relationships. And the more I study about men, this will parallel with you, the more I study about men and testosterone, lack of sleep, alcohol, relationship stress all of those things affect your testosterone it's not just oh i'm broken i'm less of a man because i have lower levels like no there are lifestyle habits and situational things that contribute to having a platform in your body that drop those levels so maybe you could take an over-the-counter supplement maybe you need hrt and trt maybe you just need to sleep more maybe you need to go for a walk maybe you need to not fight with the person that you love and resolve that at the end of the day, stress is stress. And I think I've learned that firsthand this year. It doesn't myself. discriminate. Stress does no. not discriminate. No. And unfortunately, whether it's cortisol, testosterone, testosterone, thyroid, whatever it is, unfortunately, we all have all of it. It's a matter of how are you going to get help for the real issue? And, you know, if you work primarily with men or you you are attracting men, like you're going to see this in them, no matter what age they're at. But I think the prevalence of these, and I'm kind of going on a left tangent, but like the prevalence of all these like testosterone clinics and whatnot 
are so much greater now because becoming a socially acceptable, but B, we're under so much stress as a human race, human beings, relationships, poor habits, food choices, whatever. It, it all pulls on your, your hormone strings. It all affects you at the end of the day. That this is where health and fitness is going, but until someone says, I need help, Certain things are fighting against you that you need to fix that will continue to fight against you unless you do. It's not just what you see on the outside. Yes. There's yes. a method that goes with it. Always, always. Uh, I always tell people that I, I know what I went through to get my body to this perceived level of where it's at above average. And I don't, it's definitely not my final form. I'm aware of that. But everybody's like, oh, I want to look like you. I want to be like you. I want to do handstand push-ups like you. And I'm like, bruh, my body is only a byproduct of the decision that I made in my mind. And you can do the same thing. It's not anything that is without of your reach. It's it's simplex at the end of the day. It's simple, but there, there are complexities that are involved within it. Like, what are you willing to do on a daily basis? Uh, I ask people, are you willing to do the thing that other people won't do today so that way you can be a better person tomorrow? Are you willing to sacrifice? And what does that look like for you? It's not going to look like Christina Speckles' life. <laughs> it's not going to look like like my life. It, it won't look like that. It's, it's going to look like how it was intended to look for you if you decide to say, okay, I'm done beating myself up. Because that... Like- my life, I don't think, looks like my life. Because <laughs> for you, my life is different. Right. I'm not, I can't, and this is the biggest problem I think a lot of people have if they struggle with some of the things that I did. I will look back at my heyday in 2017. It was actually one of the worst years of my life. <laughs> but I looked at pictures thinking, oh my God, I know I should do my diet from back then. I should do my workout. No, my situations were completely different whole entire time so you have to deal with the here and now to be your best you now because i am not even me i'm comparing myself to an old me i've yes. been on phone with people consult calls with people crying at their 40 and they want to be what they were when they're 25 i'm like you're not 25 you got a different financial situation work situation spouse kids stress situation you got a hormonal situation that's garbage and you pro- and you also told me you had autoimmune disorders you can't do what you did at 25 until you handle 40 first then maybe your capacity improves to be a better 40 year old but you're not going to be a 25 year old you again it's not yes it's crazy right before you can get to whatever you think you want to get to wherever you think that you are at what's in front of you now what roadblocks are in front of you now? What do you have to slay that's in front of you right now? It's like, you know, I, you, you can't get back on a court until you're done healing. You know, you sprained an ankle, you got a minor fracture, you're not going to be able to drive as fast, you're not going to be as agile, you're not going to be as fast. You know, that recovery time is used to help strengthen other areas while also heal the areas that need more attention. Like, prime example, I always preach, stretch, stretch, stretch secret haven't been doing it that much started this year though 
And what's, what's the byproduct? What's the byproduct of that? I'm able to to get back faster. I don't feel as stiff. Um, I, I feel nimble. I, I can handle um, doing a 225-pound deadlift if I wanted to. And then I know that if I wanted to go to drift 15, I could. But before I do that, what am I, why are my hips so tight? Why are my hamstrings so tight? Why, well, why, why am I plateauing? Heal, bro. <laughs> take a week and just stretch. They, they call it deloading for a reason. Now, I'm not saying that you got to take the weights completely off. But stretch, get loose, get nimble. You know, go get a massage. Go cryotherapy. Go um, do some heat therapy. Cryotherapy is amazing. I love it, and I cannot wait to do it again. Side note, but recovery, <laughs> just healing in general in all aspects is the gateway to becoming stronger. And I do believe that 2020 and hell, maybe even like the end of 2019 up until 2020, that has been one of the themes for this year, just healing across the board. Yeah, I think we both learned a valuable lesson in how we look at ourselves and treat our bodies. It's it just never ceases to amaze me. The people, myself included, constantly think of feeling bad or taking time off or feeling bad that they're not there yet. It's like, it's a journey. I mean, I don't know what Christopher Columbus did when he, you know, set on his journey, but you think he has to sit there and feel bad? Oh, we landed in the wrong spot. <laughs> You know, it, it definitely, um, definitely all about perspective for sure. I want to thank you for taking the time out to just sit with me and chat with me, chat with the people, give the people a, a lot of that wisdom, that 20 year within the industry wisdom and just some personal experience that they can take with them on their day-to-day lives and, and just truly learn the ins and outs of what it means to heal and be strong at the same time because you, you can maintain a balance. Um, you always so, remind me of that. You always remind me of like, oh, I actually did do all that because I think a lot of the, the, the traps that I fall into that others may also fall into is that we don't give ourselves a chance to really see what we've done. We are so focused on the forward that when you're not reaching the forward goal fast enough to judge yourself and then you forget how far you've come and I, you know, I think that we've got to give ourselves grace because you always remind me, like, I have a friend at the gym that does these, like, you're a pro. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? No, like, no, you're a pro. Like, you did it. Now, like, let's. <laughs> so it's funny because I always forget that, you know, you're, well, you're goal oriented. You're always looking forward to the next thing. And I think if there's anything that I could share with other people, it's like, Give yourself a little bit of grace to love where you're at. Be proud, you know? I I love that. That, That's a a great way to end it. People, grace. Allow yourself grace within this experience. Allow yourself grace within this moment. Allow yourself grace when you feel like flipping the table and just spazzing out. It might raise your cortisol a little bit, but just allow yourself grace within that moment and you're going to be okay. Um, where can these people find you? How can they get in contact with you? What do they need to do to get to know you more? And maybe even if they're ready to flip that switch, take that next step 
to having you as their coach? Well, I always joke like this. On Twitter, I'm at Christina Speckles and I'm super sarcastic. I don't know. I'm a different personality on Twitter. On Facebook, you get a lot more information, lives and stuff like that. And I'm Christina Speckles also on Twitter and or on Facebook. And I also have um, my business page. It'll say Athlete Coach. On Instagram, I'm a goofball on my stories. So at Christina Speckles on Instagram. LinkedIn, I'm kind of non-existent. So <laughs> I got to work on that game. And I just got back into the TikTok game, which was basically like me being like 16 again. So you're going to get to see <laughs> the rainbow of who I am on the different platforms. But my biggest uh, favorite is probably Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out my website, ChristinaSpeckos.com. It's kind of out of context if you see the programs that I have listed on there. But I, I definitely... Um, if you, if anyone is interested, like to speak with them because the human element is really important to me. So I'll make sure that whatever program that you saw that you think um, could help you, we could actually dive in deeper for more specific consultation. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, ladies and gentlemen. Christina Speckles, you've heard it. Tune in again whenever <laughs> the next show comes on, but take this advice with you to the heart and we're going to catch y'all later on the next one. Y'all be easy. <laughs>